0: Tony, you ready to have some fun, answer some questions? Yeah. Good shit. Got some Kalen and Kalen pickles over there. Gonna eat the shit out of that. Oh my God, that's a good fucking pickle. Jesus Christ, classic dill. I, 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 I need the volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Crack open a deli cup of some Kalen and Kalen classic dill pickles. It's time for another episode of Throwing Couch Potatoes the show where I insert more wrestling into my brain than is clinically possible. I'm your host, Matt Baskey, and today we're going through all the wrestling I watched from the period of February 27th to March 5th, uh, which totaled about 92 matches, a little less than last week, but uh, hey, one of them was extra long. And here's a radical idea for you. Let's talk about each and every single one of them. <laughs> But first, wind your sundials back to February 5th because I watched the WrestleCore Warriors versus WrestleCore show, which was posted to IWTV recently. Uh, The Vancouver Warriors are a pro lacrosse team, and they play at Rogers Arena, and WrestleCore struck a deal to have a a short little one-hour show after one of their games. Uh, So it was kind of an interesting setup. Rogers Arena is a big, modern... Uh, stadium, and it seemed like there was a lot of uh, non-wrestling normie types in uh, in the crowd there, uh, and they put on a really solid card. Let's go through it. So it opened with the Bollywood Boys, Gervin harv Sierra versus State of Emergency, Sebastian Wolf and Miles DeVille. I've seen a few Bollywood Boys matches uh, through this podcast endeavor so far, and I think this was probably my favorite of uh, all the matches that they've been in. Uh, Love State of Emergency, these teams worked really well together, the match went at a very solid pace and got suitably chaotic but without falling apart and getting messy. Yeah, I I quite like this one, it was a 3 out of 5. After that, G Sharp took on Evan Rivers, which uh, was another pretty impressive uh, high-flying bout that I think uh, caught a lot of the audience by surprise, Evan Rivers is a... Great talent in the Vancouver scene, and I'm glad I finally got to see G-Sharp. I know he comes to WrestleCore quite often, but I haven't actually seen any of his matches yet, and, uh, yeah, he's pretty great. Uh, this was also a 3 out of 5 from me. Good stuff. Uh, then Calamity Kate took on Terran from accounting. Um... This was an okay match. It wasn't bad or anything. Just compared to everything else on the card, it was a little messy and didn't uh, quite catch the crowd. This was a 2.25. But then your main event for the WrestleCore Infinity Championship, Artemis Spencer versus Michael Richard Blaze. Man, if you're booking a singles match in the Canadian independence scene, I doubt you can come up with anything better than this. This is... In my opinion, the two best men's wrestlers in Canada going one-on-one in front of not necessarily a larger crowd than they're used to, but in a very different uh, type of presentation. And this match did not disappoint. Um, Both guys put it all out there, did their usual jaw-dropping stuff, which I think a lot of the fans... Well, not even fans, just the spectators uh, who hung around after the Warriors game. Probably haven't seen, um, if they don't follow wrestling uh, a whole lot. This match was awesome. Uh, It had some crazy-ass shit going on. I think uh, I can say without a doubt, this is probably the best wrestling match that's ever taken place in Rogers Arena. Uh, I gave it a 4 out of 5. It's on IWTV. Check it out. Uh, these guys are massively underrated and this match rules then there was uh, another show just outside of this week's scope that i caught up on as well Uh, i watched the last four matches of beyond wrestling's perfection or vanity Uh, i don't watch a whole lot of beyond because all of their shows they book like 80,000 matches and most of them uh, i just am not interested in sitting through but the last uh, section of their most recent show had some pretty good stuff on it, so let's go through it. Uh, first, Max Caster from AEW took on CPA, who I've never seen before. Obviously, he has a, uh, an accountant gimmick. Um, this was a pretty fun comedy match, a uh, bit of a brawl. CPA had this fun spot where he kept ripping his shirt and pants off to reveal identical shirts and pants Underneath, which, which was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it was a 2.75. Not a bad match. After that, Willow Nightingale took on Dan Barry. Uh, this one was just okay. I feel like maybe these two didn't particularly click all that well. I just never really ramped up into um, uh, anything that uh, was particularly memorable. Uh, 2.5 for this one. It's a bit of a bummer. I was excited to see Willow on this show. After that, Zack Sabre Jr. took on fancy Ryan Clancy. I was excited to see this match. I saw that Ricky Shane Page said it was one of the best matches he's ever seen live. Uh, And yeah, it didn't disappoint. This was a pretty solid bout. Some really good uh, chain wrestling on display here. Obviously, it's a Zack Sabre Jr. match. But it is always nice when he's in the ring with somebody who can keep up with him. And Ryan Clancy is clearly a very competent grappler. Uh, Yeah, If you like Zack Sabre Jr., check this one out. It was a 3.75 from me. And the main event for the IWTV Independent Wrestling Tag Team Championship, Violence is Forever, Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini versus Miracle Generation, Dustin Waller and Kylon King. I love me some Violence is Forever. I think Dominic Garini in particular is one of the coolest looking independent wrestlers. He looks like an old school hockey enforcer with like his mullet and his like kind of beat up looking face I don't know, he just looks awesome and this was a a pretty exciting and uh, dynamic tag team indie match the kind of stuff you'd expect from Violence violence is Forever, a lot of jaw dropping, bone crunching moves, Uh, yeah if uh, you're into either of these teams, this is one that is worth finding and and watching for a solid main event, this was a 3.5 out of 5 for me then starting off the week proper with AEW Elevation, I still don't know if we're calling it dark or if it's just Elevation. Who's to know? This one opened with Emmy Sakura versus Rochelle Riveter. Emmy has been on a crazy hot streak lately, getting lots of matches, including some red-hot bangers with Jamie Hayter and Billy Starks. Uh, this one, however, was just okay. A bit more of a squash. It was a 25 then the kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett took on Aguila Aguirre and uh, EJ Sparks. Aguirre? I don't know how you say that. Anyways, I'm not crazy about the kingdom. Uh, Matt Taven's alright, but Mike Bennett is just one of those kind of very average, unspecial wrestlers who's fine on paper, but I just. I'm not going to get excited about a kingdom match anytime soon. Uh, they have yet to really do anything. Crazy, surprising, or memorable in their AEW ROH run 2.5. After that, a six-woman tag, Diamante, Marina Shafir, and Nyla Rose versus Maserati, Miss May, and Brittany Brooks. Uh, I liked that uh, Nyla kicked the shit out of everyone so much that Miss May just fucking bounced and, and abandoned her teammates, and she was just like, not nah, not having it. That was all right. But other than that, this uh, match didn't have a whole lot going on. It was a 2.5. Then Powerhouse Hobbs took on Daniel Evans, and you know, I've been complaining a lot about Powerhouse Hobbs squash matches uh, recently, but this one was actually better than they have been. Uh, I gave it a 2.75, which is kind of on the high end for a squash match, but yeah, it was short and sweet, and Hobbs hit a crazy-looking power slam and looked very strong, and I I feel like this really upped his uh, momentum a little bit going into the face of the Revolution ladder match, which we will get to later Uh, So yeah, 2.75 for that one. After that, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Ethan Page took on Ice Williams, Braxton, and Watson. Uh, I have been enjoying this trio recently, but this one didn't have as much uh, entertaining shenanigans. It was just kind of a a mech match, so it was a 2.25. And after that, in ROH Women's World Championship Eliminator, Hey, I thought you said these were called Proving Ground Matches. Uh the champion Athena versus Danielle Camella. Athena doing her usual shit kicking routine and Camella actually had some pretty decent uh brawling skills to match it. So this ended up being an all right match. It was a 2.75 And then your Elevation main event, Konosuke Takeshita versus Big Shoddy Lee Johnson. Haven't seen Lee Johnson in a while, and Takeshita is, you know, just a fucking dynamo, so there's no way this match could be bad. And it was actually pretty decent. Uh, It was a 3 out of 5. Always happy to see Takeshita, and I'm just hoping he can uh, get off dark and get some big wins on TV soon, which I feel like is where they're going with his character and all his interactions with Don Callis. Don Callis. And over on Monday Night Raw, we opened with Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins versus The Bloodline, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Yeah, I uh, can't tell you much about this one. Street Profits are usually the best part of Raw, but this uh, didn't really catch on fire for me. Uh, I'm not crazy about the Usos. Solo's alright, but he needs like a lot of time and, and development. So yeah, this one was... Just alright, 2.5. After that, oh shit, Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. You know, when I think about outside wrestlers potentially coming into WWE and who I'd like them to face, the first answer I always come up with in my head is, well, a Chad Gable match would be awesome. Uh, So Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable is something that I've been wanting to see since uh, Cody jumped ship. And this match did not disappoint. These guys went out and just had a, a fucking wrestling match. Uh, with some big exciting spots that got the crowd on their feet and louder than they tend to be on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, this match was pretty fucking good on the higher end of WWE's fair so far this year. It was a 3.5. Uh, if you care about watching WWE or, or like either of these guys, check out this match. It was pretty damn good. After that, Asuka took on Carmella. It just bums me out seeing Asuka wrestling somebody like Carmella, who's just... I've have, I have never seen a good Carmella match, so even Asuka can't save this one. 2.25. Uh, after that, Candice LeRae took on Piper Niven. Another example of a Candice LeRae match against somebody I really like, and I, I hate to report back that this match was kind of boring and short and didn't really have anything memorable happen in it, and it was a two. Very disappointing. Uh, then Elias took on Bobby Lashley. <sighs> this match barely exists in the confines of my mind palace. It is. It eludes me. I, I can't tell you a thing about it. Uh, and then Johnny Gargano took on Otis. Um, I feel like there's potential there to possibly have a good match and johnny gargano was a little more over at elimination chamber but yeah this uh kind of fell flat and didn't have much going on 2.25 somebody save this raw the cody match should have gone on last but never mind here's damage kataro dakota kai and io sky versus becky lynch and lita for the women's world tag team championship uh, Becky Lynch and Lita is an interesting team, and, uh, seeing Lita wrestle again is interesting, um, it's kind of weird that she wins the tag team championship, spoiler alert, Becky Lynch and, uh, Lita are the women's tag team champions now, uh, on the same week that she's, like, appearing on indie shows, like, handing belts to Masha Slamovich, uh, yeah, Lita's doing some stuff and it's it's weird. I don't know, really know what to make of that. But anyways, the match was decent. It was a 3 out of 5. Uh, seeing you know, Sky wrestle Lita is pretty cool. Uh, they're both questionably good at Doing moon salts, so I feel like they're kind of kindred spirits. That that's not fair. Lita's moon salts are are atrocious, and she's like almost killed herself multiple times doing them. Eo you know, might be a little inaccurate sometimes, but hers are very very gorgeous. Anyways, Raw was. <sighs> A little more of a mixed bag than it usually is. It wasn't a complete disaster, and there was one pretty excellent match uh, in there with Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. But as usual, a lot of this just made me sad. Over to AEW Dark, the C show that often outperforms Monday Night Raw. Although unfortunately, I can't say there were any bangers on it this week. It opened with Tony Deppen versus Action Andretti. Um. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Tony Depp, honestly, Like honestly, he seems like a nice guy, but uh, all of his matches I've seen so far have failed to make a super big impression on me, and I've made my feelings very clear about how I'm getting action and dready fatigue. 2.25. After that, Evil Uno took on Jay Spade. Uh, after a pretty killer performance from Evil Uno last week, this one was kind of slumming it a bit for him, and, uh, you know, whatever, it's a dark match. 2.5. Parker Boudreaux took on Joe Ocasio next, and I I feel like it was pretty short because I certainly don't remember this match happening. Uh, 2.25 is what I have here. Parker is big. Uh, And then Captain Sean Dean took on Invictus Cash. I like Invictus Cash. I'm lucky enough to have seen him live in a crazy four-man bout with uh, Artemis Spencer. Flash Morgan, Webster, and uh, Mark Andrews in Seattle back during the uh, Progress Tour. And he is a pretty solid wrestler. He's kind of one of those guys who can do a little bit of everything. Uh, This was a 2.75. Sean Dean's all right, but I hope to see more Invictus Cash on AEW. Please and thanks. Layla Gray took on Sahara 7 in a borderline bad match. Uh, Yeah. Not much to report here other than stuff being kind of clumsy and didn't look very good. Two out of five. Willie Mack took on Joe Keyes after that. It's nice seeing Willie Mack. I'm glad that they're booking him more. But uh, this match wasn't as bombastic and crazy as some of his bouts have been recently. 2.5 from me. Then Adrian Alanis took on Shane Taylor in another very forgettable bout. Just a lot of... Empty singles matches in this dark. Really nothing to chew on. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, that was a 2.25 from me. Lee Moriarty took on Vary Morales after that. I was very stoked to see Lee, but yeah, again, this match just uh, didn't really have enough time or resources to let Lee really shine and, and show what he can do. So that was uh, also a 2.5. And then Blake Lee took on Arjun Singh. Dude, I couldn't even tell you what Blake Lee or Arjun Singh looked like. Uh, this was a two point two five. I'm surprised I gave it that because it certainly wasn't memorable. Then Sky Blue took on Dream Girl Ellie. Yeah, just another unfortunately not good match. Two point two five, like Sky Blue, but uh, you know, her in a in a squash match against another like indie talent is uh, not going to light the world on fire. Uh, oh, finally something good that I can I can talk about. Top flight Dante and Darius Martin with A.R. Fox and Matt Seidel took on the Trustbusters Ari Divari, Sunny Kiss, Slim J, and Jeeves K. Uh, finally, a match with some spots and some fast pacing, and and the crowd was into this. Was actually like good. Uh, I gave it a three point two five. Thank God this match was on this card, because, uh, yeah, Dark was looking pretty dire this week. After that, God damn it, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh versus Jackson Drake, Jay Malachi, and Oliver Sawyer. Honestly, this one was a little better than I expected, and Satnam Singh's, like, choking offense is surprisingly good. Uh, 2.75 from me, but, uh, yeah, you know my feelings about Jay Lethal. I'm not a fan of this guy. And I'm kind of over Jeff Jarrett, but Satinham's interesting. I don't know what they'll do with him, but sure, whatever. Dean Alexander took on Peter Avalon. Oh, boy. D- did he? Your guess is as good as mine. 2.25 for me. And finally, your main event. Orange Cassidy and Danhausen versus the Work Horsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Uh, I guess this match was just to kind of let people know, hey, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen are a tag team now. Um, it was decent enough, some fun spots, mostly the workhorsemen, you know, being workhorsemen, uh, and bumping around and doing the lion's share of the heavy lifting in this match. This was a three out of five. Everyone in here is pretty good, but, you know, it's dark, so whatever. Yeah, um, a couple of okay matches, and, and one that's approaching something that I, I could recommend you, you seek out. But yeah, and after a dark that had Emi Sakura versus Billy Starks last week, this one fell pretty short. Speaking of falling pretty short, that's not fair, it wasn't that bad this week. Although... I don't know. We'll get to it. <laughs> it's time for NXT. It opened with Wesley versus Nathan Fraser, uh, Fraser. Fra- Frazier for the NXT North American Championship. Fraser is returning from injury, I guess. And they had a, a pretty cool segment before this where Wesley announced that he was doing an open challenge. And everyone in the back started like brawling to get out to answer the challenge first. Cool idea! I feel like WWE is probably gonna do it more and run it into the ground, but uh, I liked seeing this. It was neat. The match itself was pretty okay. Uh, better than your average WWE match, I would say. It had uh, Wesley doing some pretty impressive athletic spots, as he is in want to do. This was a 3 out of 5. After that, Josh Briggs and Brooks Brooks Jensen, which goddamn, make a tag team, I'm never gonna care about. They're gonna have those names. Versus Indushare, Veer Mahan and Sangha. This was a pretty short match. Briggs and Jensen don't seem like they get along I don't know, two out of five. After that, Mako Satamura took on Zoe Stark. Uh, this had the potential to be pretty good, considering Mako Satamura is one of the best of all time, and Zoe Stark is one of the more highly rated NXT trainees. Uh, this was just average, though. Nothing too special going on, but, you know, it's Mako. She's cool. 2.5. After that, Sol Ruka, another one of the blue chip NXT prospects, took on Electra Lopez. Uh, Yeah, Ruka's still not at the point where she can carry a, a a solid singles match by herself. So, you know, it wasn't terrible, but 2.25. And then Katana Chance took on Tiffany Stratton in, honestly, a pretty uh, clumsy and uh, un, unmemorable affair. I have it here as 1.75, which I think it just it crossed the point where I was like, this is too boring for me to leave it as a 2. So this was the lowest rated match I have this week. I'm trying... I'm realizing I'm rating a lot of matches around the 2 out of 5 scale. Like 2.25 is the most common thing I'm giving matches. And I'm really not rating very many of them super low. Because usually a match has to be pretty bad for me to go under 2. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should start being a little more harsh to matches that are boring. Because, uh... Yeah at least with a 2.25 it's like they did something anyways a couple of guys who did something were axiom and hank walker i was really anti hank walker wearing street clothes but now that he's wearing a wrestling singlet it's like he's even more unmemorable and even more boring so i don't know maybe he should go back to wearing jeans 2.5 axiom is good i guess And then the main event, which I was actually pretty excited for and thought had the potential to be a red-hot banger, was uh, the big strong boy, Tyler Bate versus Carmelo Hayes, probably the two best singles wrestlers on the NXT roster. Um, This match delivered. It was good, but I feel like uh, it could have been jaw-dropping, and it was just decent. It It was just good stuff, good match, you know. Congrats, guys. 3.25. I was really hoping that this was going to be better than uh, Carmelo versus Apollo Crews, but uh, honestly, yeah, it wasn't. And that was surprising. Anyways, over into March proper now. We start with AEW Dynamite, which opened with an All Atlantic Championship defense Orange Cassidy versus Big Bill. Uh, I'm surprised how much I like Big Bill, considering I did not like him in NXT, but uh, yeah, he's doing alright in AEW. Uh, this was a 2.75 match. It was entertaining enough, but uh, nothing to like write home about at the end of the day, as a lot of Orange Cassidy matches tend to be. Uh, he can put on an absolute belter when he wants to and when the time calls for it, but uh, his style is just not going to result in a uh, a classic every time. But never mind that, it's time for the face of the revolution ladder match uh, featuring Konosuke Takeshita, Ortiz, Commander, Action Andretti, Sammy Guevara, Powerhouse Hobbs, Eddie Kingston, and AR Fox. Uh, I like that Eddie Kingston clearly did not want to wrestle in this match because he and Ortiz just disappeared into the back while it was happening. Uh, Yeah, this was a suitably crazy ladder match with some bunker spots, Commander showing off his insane balance and high-flying ability. There's a lot of shit going on here. Sammy did some cool stuff. Takeshita hit that crazy blue thunder bomb off the ladder. Yeah, uh, it was not like the greatest ladder match ever, and not even the greatest ladder match AEW has done, but for one that they put on every year, this one did not disappoint. It was a 4 out of 5. I would say you should go out of your way to see it. After that, Chris Jericho took on Peter Avalon in a pretty forgettable bout. I gave it a 2. It uh, was a storyline match. What do you want from me? Hook took on Matt Hardy for the FTW Championship following this. Um... I feel like, unfortunately, this is one of the lesser Hook matches. Matt Hardy is very limited in the ring, and, uh, you know, he's not really going to be able to get thrown around like Hook uh, can often do with his opponents. But uh, it was a 2.5. Not terrible, but what can you do? After that, Tony Storm took on Riho, and again, this one was kind of disappointing for me, unfortunately. It was only a 2.5. Um, yeah, Tony Storm. I want to like her so bad, but I can't point to like a truly great Toni Storm match that I've seen. Some of the better ones that you know she's been in that I've watched were in Stardom and it's like the match is great because she's wrestling like Io Shirai, you know, cuz she has like a world-class opponent and it's just like impossible for the match to be bad. But when that's not the case and she's just got to kind of survive on her own merits, Not that Riho isn't a world-class talent or anything, but just they didn't click and Tony can't carry this match to be what it should be. I don't know. I just maybe don't like her wrestling. I want to like Tony Storm so bad. She's cool, you know, but it just doesn't do it for me. Anyways, your main event, the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale. Uh, A lot of teams were in it. I'm not going to go through all of them because I don't have them on my sheet here because it would just make a giant, enormous entry that would take up several lines. No thank you. Um, But yeah, it was uh, kind of a letdown, honestly. Uh, Tag Team Battle Royales, when they start out, everything's just really messy and nothing's really happening because there's too many people in the ring. And then once you start clearing it out, you can do some more spots and stuff, but this one just never really flowed right. Um, I only gave it a 2.5, unfortunately. So, this dynamite had one crazy motherfucker of a match, but other than that, it was one of the weaker dynamites. There were some good promos uh, and some good segments. Uh, the one with uh, Brian Danielson and MJF was obviously awesome. Uh, Brian Danielson saying fuck on TV was great. But, uh, yeah, in ring, this was. Almost a complete disaster of a show for me. But thankfully that latter match was good. Anyways, over to Impact now. You know, I was saying to somebody recently, uh having watched all this wrestling, and one of the things that's really kinda stuck with me is I'm I'm really rooting for impact. They're they're really doing it. <laughs> they're surviving and even thriving. As evidenced by this pretty stacked episode of uh, Impact on Access TV, uh, basically what they did is they pre-taped a couple of episodes of their show at the venue on the weekend of No Surrender, and they put on some pretty crazy, in some cases, dream matches. Opening up with off. Oh, Shit. Shane Haste of the Mighty Don't Kneel versus Speedball Mike Bailey. God damn, I love these guys. I love Shane Haste. He's such an awesome, unique wrestler. And being in the ring with Speedball Mike Bailey, and you're opening the show with this. Like oh impact, what are you doing to me? This match was fucking awesome Shane haste is the ideal opponent for somebody like speedball Mike Bailey who has crazy offense Shane haste has crazy defense like his selling is just so good he's like one of those Kyle O'Reilly guys where he uses his athleticism to make his opponent look like the best in the world and speedball Mike Bailey might be the best in the world this match Oh, you owe it to yourself to watch it. I'm so happy it happened. Speedball is just making wrestling dreams come true this year. 4.25. Insane that Impact just gives away matches of this caliber on TV. Just they're so hot right now. Kicking the shit out of AEW. I'm I'm happy to say that. Compared to Dynamite, the show was ah, chef's kiss. After that, Kenny King took on Kevin Knight. Uh, I like both these guys. Kevin, uh, Kenny King is great as this, like, sort of grizzled prize fighter almost type character. You know, he
1: just
0: knows how to fight because he's been doing it for so long. And Kevin Knight is obviously a very jaw-droppingly good high flyer out of the L.A. dojo. So this ended up being a pretty an entertaining clash of styles. I gave it a 3.25. Kenny King is awesome. After that, Trey Miguel took on PCO. Trey Miguel, he keeps taking matches that I expect to be bad and turning them into pretty good stuff. Uh, I like PCO, but I just eh, wasn't expecting this one to be particularly good, and then it ended up being halfway decent. This was a 3 out of 5, a worthy addition to this show. Uh, and then the main event to cap it off: the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley, defending the Impact World Tag Team Championships against Ace Austin and Chris Bay of the Bullet Club. Motor City Machine Guns are on a hot streak on Impact lately. Not everything they've done in like the Indies this year has been particularly amazing, but but the past two weeks there have been like the MVPs of wrestling. Seriously. Uh, This match kicked ass, it was a 4 out of 5, just classic Motor City machine gun stuff. Crazy tandem spots, really intelligently put together and flowed really well. Yeah, Impact was great this week, bookended by two fantastic must-see matches. Can't wait for Thursday, to be honest. And (laughs) there's more wrestling on Thursday now, too, which we'll get into in a second. On WWE, though, main event featured Mi Chin, Mia Yim. They they say both now. They, they announce her as Mi Chin, Mia Yim. I don't get it, but maybe they'll explain it. Never. Uh, versus Tamina. Um, I'm not going to waste my time on this. A, a Tamina match is only going to be so good. And how good is it? It's 225 After that, Edgis Nofe and Malik Blade from NXT took on Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, I think that if they had like 12 to 15 minutes and were allowed to just go balls out, these teams could put on a real uh, special match. But instead, this was just average 2.5. Oh, man, Thursday is just packed with good wrestling now because ROH is now airing on Honor Club on Thursdays. Uh, The inaugural episode opened with Slim J versus Mark Briscoe. Um, This one was, I kind of had high expectations for it because Slim J can do some pretty crazy stuff, and Mark Briscoe uh, has been solid in his singles matches lately. This one was just okay, though, 3 out of 5. After that, the infantry, Captain Sean Dean and Carly Bravo took on The Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. I've already gone through my feelings on The Kingdom, and this match was no different. 2.5. But then, for the New Japan World Television Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. defended against Blake Christian. Uh, huge Sabre Jr. fan obviously Blake Christian has been very impressive from what I've seen from him this year and this was a very good title defense Uh, 3.75 been loving the World Television Championship here from New Japan and Zack is an ideal guy to hold it yeah fast paced uh, very slick grappling what do you expect at CSJ 3.75 check this match out then Christopher Daniels took on Rohit Raju. This one was pretty good. I feel like another case of, you know, maybe if this match was aiming for higher, it could have gotten there, but this was fine, 2.75. Love that Rohit Raju is on the first ROH. I want to see big things from him. He's great. Uh, and then Josh Woods took on Konosuke Takeshita. This was a 3.25, probably the best Josh Woods match I've seen so far this year. Uh, He worked pretty well with Takeshita, and uh, honestly, the more Take you can give me, just the happier I'll be. He's just so spectacular. 3.25, hoping he gets a big match soon. I already said that in this episode, but it's true. In a six-man bout, the Embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona did not defend their titles against Joe Keyes, LSG, and Rex Lawless. Uh, yeah, it was a, a trio squash. So everybody get your shit in. 2.25. Yeah, you could probably skip that one. After that, Ari Devari took on Metalik. No longer Gran, but still metal. Uh, stoked to see him in ROH. He's a very very talented luchador. This match was uh pretty decent, but just all right. It was 2.75. Madison Rain and Sky Blue took on the Renegades, Robin and Charlotte. Uh, honestly, I like the Renegades more than I like uh, Madison Rain's team, and it's kind of a bummer to see them lose. They've got something, and they just—they—they they need a chance to get some traction. This was a 2.5. After that, Willow Nightingale took on Lady Frost. Just uh, cool to see Lady Frost. I haven't actually seen her wrestle before, and uh, she's got a pretty good moonsault. Uh, Willow is great, and I'm really hoping they build Ring of Honor's women's division around her or give her something big to do on the main roster, because she is awesome and is just one of the most likable wrestlers in the game right now. And then your main event for the Ring of Honor World Championship, Claudio Castagnoli takes on AR Fox. Um... Yeah, they've already met in the ring a couple of times in these Blackpool Combat Club uh, top flight matches. AR Fox is just in his element in AW. All he has to do is just be AR Fox, and he will blow minds and and create memorable moments. Very, very good signing for them. And uh, Claudio had a a pretty good match as well. This was a 3.5. You know, it could have been better. I feel like uh, it it took a little... Uh, A couple minutes for this match to really shift into a a higher gear, but it got there. 3.5, good stuff. Then over to SmackDown, we open with Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. Um, Honestly, i got to say, I've heard people say that Liv Morgan has turned into a pretty decent uh, hand in ring, and that's not entirely untrue. She's improved a lot since kind of when she first arrived. Uh, this was a 2.75, not a terrible match at all, but, uh, you know, not crazy good either. Uh, then Santos Escobar took on Dominic Mysterio. Dominic, I can also say, has improved a little bit to the point where he's not completely useless, um, and they're limiting his exposure, which is is smart. Um, you have to handle this guy very, very carefully, but he's entertaining, and the fact that the most fun thing that he's done so far is this prison Dominic character. Uh, the fact that that was all his idea um, has me thinking, maybe there's there's something about Dominic Mysterio that might have some lasting influence and, and make all of this worth it. We'll see. Uh, match was still a 2.25, though. After that, Shayna Baszler took on Tegan Knox. Uh, this one was very short. It made me sad. Uh, Shayna Baszler deserves better than to be ronda rousey's lackey i mean she might not have been a better ultimate fighter than ronda rousey but she is 10 times the wrestler rousey could ever hope to be this was just a two very unfortunate and then your main event solo sokoa took on sammy zane um i wish i could tell you that sammy brought this one up to uh a worthy main event level but uh, unfortunately it was just all right 2.75 solo isn't bad but just he really could have benefited from being on nxt like he he's so fresh and and in the, a crucial period of his development as a wrestler and i think shooting him right into the main event or not in the main event well he is in the main event this that's what this is but shooting him right into the main roster uh it's not exactly doing him any favors, and he can't really go back now. That would be a step down for him. So, almost uh, reminds you of somebody, <clears throat> Roman Reigns. Anyways, that was uh, a, a, even for SmackDown, a bit of a letdown. But thankfully, uh, Rampage was the better show of AEW's uh, output this week. Uh just opened with a four-way tag bout Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Claudio Casagnoli and Wheeler Yuda versus Top Flight, Dante and Darius Martin versus Ozzy Open, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher versus Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Um, this match obviously is pretty chaotic, a lot of moving parts, um, it just makes you realize how difficult a match like this must be to put together and have it flow right. Um, and it worked out pretty well in this one. I loved seeing John Silver interacting with Claudio Castagnoli. That's something that people have been kind of clamoring for ever since Claudio signed, because obviously you know John Silver uses a lot of his moves and does the uh, the whole run around the outside of the ring and clobber everybody routine. Yeah, I'd like to see them in a singles match. This was uh, pretty enjoyable. I gave it a 3.5. Then in a rematch from there, all or no, their Full Gear match Uh, a couple years back. Riho took on Emi Sakura. Uh, This was much better than Riho's Tony Storm match. Not quite as good as Emi Sakura's better matches from uh, 2023 so far, but this was still a very enjoyable bout. I gave it a 3.5. Then Powerhouse Hobbs took on Serpentico, another really solid Powerhouse Hobbs squash match. Um, Serpentico is kind of like, top jobber in AEW so he's gonna make you look real good and yeah this was another one that made Hobbs look extremely strong short to the point and he looked natural out there whereas I feel like a lot of the stuff with this book of Hobbs thing it's just kind of hampering him character wise in these matches he just looks like a beast and makes you be like oh yeah he can be a top guy So, good stuff. 2.75. Very good for a squash match. And then finally, your main event. Mogul affiliates Swerve Strickland and Parker Boudreaux. What's that on your shirt? Is that Doritos? Versus Naturally Limitless Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes. Keith Lee has a cape now. He's a wizard. I'm all for it. Uh, (laughs) And he and Dustin Rhodes is a a weird tag team, but I'm sure we'll get this Keith Lee Swerve uh, singles match coming very soon. Um, this one was pretty good. I gave it a three point two five. Swerve and Keith are obviously world class talents, and Dustin Rhodes is is a great uh, legend type wrestler. Um, you know, he's not the the best in the world, but the fact that he can still go to the at this level at his age is impressive. Um, yeah, it's just kind of Parker Boudreaux being the one who's not really adding a ton to this match, and and maybe not quite dragging it down, but just. If somebody more interesting had been in this uh, Belt, maybe it would have been A little better, but 3.25, not bad at all, suitable For your main events, and uh, Even though it didn't have a match quite on par As the uh, Face of the Revolution Ladder match, I feel like the Average quality of the matches Here was a little better than Dynamite this week. Good rampage Overall Then over to the show that should not Be, WWE's NXT Level Up I mean, I can see the value in having it, but god damn, this show is just... Who would actually be excited to see this? Anyways, Lyra Valkyria took on Tatum Paxley in your opening bout, which was um, admittedly a little better than I expected. Some decent grappling on display, some nice suplexes. Yeah, it was better than the average NXT trainee match. 275 Dante Chin took on Luca Crucifino in a uh, pretty short and unmemorable bout. I gave it a 2.25. And your main event, Oro Mensa versus Eddie Thorpe, a.k.a. Carl Fredericks. The match was okay. It had some decent action. What bothered me about it was the commentary. Um, I know WWE doesn't have any modicum of respect for other wrestling companies or wrestlers' previous achievements when they've wrestled for other companies, but what bothers me is that they don't even act like Eddie Thorpe is, like, an exciting addition to the roster. Like, he's from New Japan. He's wrestled in a much more competitive action or atmosphere than NXT. And so they should be like, oh, Eddie Thorpe, he's from Japan. He's done all this crazy shit. Oh, everyone better watch out. But instead, he's on NXT level up, and they're talking about how he has to prove himself to the NXT locker room. And it's like, instead of acting as if he's a threat or as if he's somebody that you should watch for it's like they're infantilizing him and saying like no he has to prove himself to oro mensa like fuck off why sign this guy if you're gonna talk about him like he's some unproven commodity that's what nxt is full of is unproven commodities that have to get better and and like make their case for why you should care about them So if you treat Eddie Thorpe like he's the same as them, what's the point in fucking signing him? Like, just get some guy that you can mold from day one who's maybe younger or whatever, if that's your plan. Just... just commentary on WWE is usually bottom of the barrel to begin with, but on NXT level up, between Byron and this new guy from Boston, it's just atrocious. Like, not only does it make the matches worse... But it, like, it's bad storytelling. It's bad character development. You're basically telling me I shouldn't care about Eddie Thorpe because he hasn't put in his NXT level-up matches yet. And it's like, what was the point of all this? Bring him in. Give him a good match. Let him wrestle fucking Carmelo or something and be like, whoa, damn, Eddie Thorpe. But instead it's like, oh, maybe Eddie Thorpe will have a good match in NXT one day. Fuck you. I don't know why anyone would sign for WWE because this is this is how they treat you when you come in from another company. Oh, you haven't done shit. You better you better wrestle scripts and then then you're something. Oh, yeah. the lack of respect is uh, that, that that WWE shows, and I feel like they kind of want to train their audience to show to other forms of wrestling and other wrestling companies and, and the history of the sport is very depressing. And I feel like it, it makes people antagonistic towards what this whole fucking thing is all about. You know, I don't understand why WWE has to exist in this weird vacuum where Everything else is shit, and you're nothing until you come and wrestle here. Like, NXT didn't used to be like that. Classic NXT, Carl Fredericks would come in, they'd call him Carl Fredericks, and he would have, like, a, a killer match with, like, Kyle O'Reilly or something. And now he's, he's literally wrestling the jobberiest jobbers on the day show. I need to move on, because this just makes me angry and depressed, because NXT used to be something that I really cared about, and now it's something that makes me frustrated and mad more often than almost any wrestling show. GCW, holy smokes. (sighs) I'm pretty on the fence with GCW. Sometimes they put on really good matches that uh, I want to see, and then other times they're just trash brawling. So, uh, there were some bouts that I skipped on this card. I didn't watch the death matches, um... But, you know, I wasn't going to rate them particularly high unless they were mind-blowing anyways, because Deathmatch Wrestling is just kind of boring to me. Anyways, we open with the traditional GCW scramble. Sometimes I skip these, but there is a... I don't know. I just started watching it. Um... It was right after I finished AEW Revolution, so this was like immediately after watching the MJF Danielson Iron Man match. I'm watching GCW, so I think I was just kind of in a state of of stunned after that. But anyways, Alex Price versus Carlos Romo versus Grim Reaper, Grim Reaper versus. Anyways, Alex Price, Carlos Romo, Grim Reefer, Jimmy Lloyd, Shane Mercer, and Gringo Loco are in your scramble today, and I'm happy to report that this one was suitably bonkers and had some pretty crazy fucking spots. Gringo Loco can do some cool shit, Carlos Romo was very impressive, uh, yeah, this was a fun scramble, it's not like the best match in the world or anything, but... (sighs) hot-ass opener, and I'd be happy to watch this at the start of any show. 3.5 out of 5. After that, for the JCW Championship, which he won at the Jersey J-Cup, Jordan Oliver defends against Alex Coughlin, uh, who had these sick, like, robot wings that he came out with. It's kind of funny because underneath them, and like, underneath the mask he was wearing, he he's just like a, a strong, tough guy with a mustache, but <laughs> they're like, no, he's a robot! I like it. Anyways, it was a 3 out of 5. Solid match. Decent indie-type wrestling match with lots of big spots and stuff. But I don't know. I feel like some of these matches would be served better if they weren't trying to be epic and just maybe went a little shorter, tightened it up a little bit. 3 out of 5. Nothing to complain about, really. After that, Akira took on Blake Christian. Uh, it was interesting seeing this because I've only really seen Akira in like hardcore matches, and Blake Christian is definitely more of a wrestler-wrestler. Um, this one was alright, like slightly above average, but uh, yeah, it didn't exactly excite me too much. It was a 2.75, one of the weaker Blake Christian matches I've seen. After that, for the GCW Extreme Championship, which he forgot in the back locker room, Joey Janela defends his title against Venny from Japan. Uh, I have never actually seen a Venny match before, so this was interesting. Uh, Joey wanted a smooch, and he eventually got it. (laughs) This match was better than the average Joey Janela match that I've seen. Uh, It was a 3 out of 5. It was fun. Had some goofy spots, uh, but nothing to write home about at the end of the day. After that, Effie took on Slade in a bit of a brawly type match. Um, Thankfully, it wasn't too long, but otherwise, it was pretty average, 2.5. Then for the GCW World Tag Team Championships, Los Macios, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo versus the SAT, Joel and Jose Maximo. Um, I'm going to be honest, I kind of wish I had skipped this one. It was kind of slow for a high-flying match. A lot of uh, downtime where everyone's just kind of passed out on the mat. Yeah, I didn't really like this one. 2.25 for me. Uh, after that, Alex Zane versus Iho Del Vikingo uh, in a highly anticipated dream match, I guess you could say for for the for the Indies at least. Um, yeah, there was some suitable crazy high flying on display here, but uh, again, this match had too much downtime, too much uh, setting stuff up, and just points where nothing was happening. So it was just a three out of five for me, which I honestly expected this to be a little better. And uh, the last match I watched on this card was Lufisto versus Maki Ito. Um, Yeah, I mean, Lufisto's uh, pretty advanced in her career, so this wasn't going to be like a a crazy, insane match or anything. It was just kind of a a decent brawl. Uh, 2.75, Nice seeing Maki Ito. She's always very entertaining. And I'm very excited to see her later this month at NEW 12. Yeah, this was an okay GCW show, um, I was kind of surprised that the opening scramble was the one that I liked the most, but uh, yeah. wasn't the worst. But now we're over to the final card for this episode. Uh, just last night aired AEW Revolution. I actually missed the uh, Zero Hour match and I forgot to go back and watch it, dang. So I'll have to just forget about it I guess. It opened with Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks with the JAS band from ringside. Uh, yeah, this was an okay one. I mean, Chris Jericho lately has been pretty hit or miss. Either it's a surprisingly great match, or it makes you question if Chris should d- keep doing this. Um, <laughs> which sounds really mean, but he's had some stinkers, so what, what do you want from me? This was a 3.25. It was pretty good. Uh, almost makes my recommended list, but, you know, just at the end of the day, it was all right. Uh, after that, Jungle Boy Jack Perry finally gets his revenge against Christian Cage, the final burial match. Uh, it was a casket match, which is kind of silly for this blood feud. Um, it was mostly just a brawl with some weapons, punching and kicking, and, uh, Honestly, it was kind of saved by the the finish where Chris uh, Christian gets into the casket and it just fucking drops into the into the grave. Uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was all right. I kind of feel like a different stip maybe would have suited this feud better, but what, what, what can you do? It was a three out of five. Then for the AEW World Trios Championships, fuck yeah, The Elite, Matt and Nick Jackson and Kenny Omega versus The House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Oh, I was excited for this one, let me tell you, and it did not disappoint. Um, The House of Black really excels at chaotic trios matches where there's just shit going on everywhere crazy fucking moves and just jaw-dropping stuff happening even on dark they can pull that off sometimes and this was the best type of one of those matches just brutal like insane strikes brody king just murdering people malachi black and kenny omega interacting was great kenny omega and buddy matthews interacting was great i just want to see kenny fight all these guys in singles matches yeah this was this was a good one four out of five definitely go out of your way to see it it was everything it needed to be uh after that a triple threat for the AEW women's world championship jamie Hayter versus soraya and ruby soho um i was honestly expecting worse than this Uh, i like ruby and obviously i love jamie Hayter, but just soraya is kind of a dud and ruby in ring isn't always amazing i feel like she is best suited to be an underdog babyface and now they just turned her heel so she can't be that yeah it wasn't terrible but uh wouldn't be what i would have booked on this show for the women's title match 2.75 after that a texas death match hangman adam page versus john moxley the fourth time that they've met this year finally capping off this rivalry, and I'm happy to report that it was better than their previous bouts. Uh, this match had some insane spots, just fucking John Moxley stabbing Hangman in the face with a fork, uh, Hangman losing a, a chunk of his hair on a barbed wire wrapped chair, just gruesome stuff that felt appropriate for this heated blood feud where both men are at the top of their game with everything to prove. Ugh. This could have been a main event on, on like any other show, and instead it was the midway point of this of this pay-per-view. 4.25, one of the best matches I've seen so far this year. Uh, yeah, overly happy with it. That's exactly what they needed to cap off this feud. Check it out. Then for the TNT Championship, Samoa Joe versus Wardlow in a just okay match. Um, I was expecting... I don't know what I was expecting. It was either going to be worse than this or, like, I don't know. This was only ever going to be average. Wardlow just hasn't hit his stride yet. Hopefully with this second TNT Championship reign, he can figure it out. Uh, In any case, after that, the AEW World Tag Team Championships were on the line with the Guns, Austin and Colton Gunn, taking on the acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. This was honestly the match that I was dreading the most, um, because some of these teams just... I don't like the Guns, I don't like Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. But to be honest with you, this match was... Ideally placed on the card to kind of give the Iron Man match a bit of room to breathe. It was a pretty easy watch and entertaining, chaotic tag team multi team bout. Uh yeah, it wasn't the best thing on this show by a country mile, and we'll get to that in a second, but this was way better than I expected it to be, and it was three point five. Ended up being a solid tag team title match. And then finally, your main event of wrestling for this week Maxwell Jacob Friedman defending his AEW World Championship match against Brian Danielson two wrestlers that if you're talking about the best in the world if you don't mention these two you're a fucking idiot Um, wow I mean like everyone's talking about this match and everything that can be said about it has probably already been said and it's only like 12 hours removed from when it happened but this was one of the greatest pro wrestling matches ever put on. Uh I think without a doubt the best Iron Man match and that's like up there with like Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Um yeah, uh, and, and Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels as well. This was incredible. This is why you watch pro wrestling. The drama, the the athleticism, the desperation just this match had a little bit of everything and mjf again just putting on a world-class performance in terms of character in terms of the actual nuts and bolts of the wrestling i encourage you to go and watch the uh the media presser that aired uh, on youtube after this match because everything mjf says is 100 percent true he is a generational talent at the age of 26 already put on what could be considered a hall of fame worthy career. If he broke his neck tomorrow and never wrestled again, like you can't take any of this away from him. The man has, has put on some of the best shit that has ever come out of this dumb sport that we love for some reason. One of the things that I've noticed watching so much wrestling for this project is it reminds me the things that I hate about pro wrestling and the things that frustrate me and make me embarrassed to tell people I watch it. And then I see stuff like this where I'm like, no, all the normies are missing out. This is incredible stuff. This is better than the best movie you watched last year. Probably this is, this is fucking cinema dog. If you're not already chomping at the bit to see this match, what are you doing having me tell you to watch it? It's one of the greatest of all time. I'm excited to watch it again. And with this podcast, I don't have a whole lot of time on my hands to watch matches over again. That tells you how good this is that I'm excited to rewatch a 67-minute match. It was just one of those ones where it's up there with Omega and Okada. It's up there with pff, fucking, I don't know, like, n- name who you consider to be one of the best wrestlers, name me their best match, you can make an argument that this is better than any of them. Uh, yeah, five out of five. I was honestly, like, kind of apprehensive about rating any match of five when I got into this show. And this one, it was just like, no, they they deserved it. I remember being at the point where the 60 minutes were elapsed, and I'm like, okay, this is like a 4.75. If they go into overtime and give this a definitive conclusion and a decisive finish, then this is truly one of the best I've ever seen. And that's exactly what happened. Everything that needed to happen happened. And this still had so much to surprise you on top of that. Uh, It exceeded my expectations. I was worried that going on last, an Iron Man match, was going to catch a death from the crowd, and it just wouldn't stack up. But no, this is possibly better than MJF versus CM Punk in the dog collar match. (sighs) A fucking legendary performance... I'm. I'm gonna stop talking now. Just go watch this match if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> I am Matt Baskey. I'm your host of this shit, of this thing, whatever it is. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Matt Baskey or the show at Throw Taters Show. Uh, I'm exhausted from Revolution. It was a fantastic card, but it has reminded me why I'm doing this in the first place. Uh, and. I am looking forward to continue to smoking weed and watching wrestling.